0: Welcome to Sound Business from Voiceworks, a podcast all about sound. The biggest developments, the most creative ideas and the best how-tos when it comes to making the most out of audio. I'm Jim Salverson and on this episode, something that is so important to consider when developing your brand's audio strategy. We're talking audio branding and how to make sure you sound as good as you look. To do that, I've got a double header of guests as I welcome onto the podcast Chris Stevens, the founder of Manchester-based audio production specialists DivaWeb and John Paul Hughes, aka JP, who is the creative director at VoiceWorks' sister company, Mindfields, a full-service advertising agency. And they are both two of the most switched-on people in the business when it comes to making sure a brand's sound truly reflects its identity. We're going to be looking at what makes good audio branding. We're going to look at some examples from the real world who's really smashed out the park and give you some of the information that you need to know if this is a world you're interested in. Plus, if you're into audio in general, be it from a consumer or a professional point of view, then please spend some time checking out the other shows in this series that look at everything from how audio can be used in the NFT space to tips on making a chart-topping podcast. But right now, let's get stuck into the world of audio branding with Chris and JP. So let's start with you, Chris. How are you and where are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, and I am
1: in the Old area of South Manchester in my home studio at the moment. And uh, oddly, it is sunny. So I'll, I'll take that as a win.
0: Yeah, it's a rare thing in Manchester. I'm just down the road in Chaltern. I'm sure in less covid times we'd be doing this face-to-face, but as with everything nowadays, it's done online, which I can be thankful for with our other guest today, who is John Paul Hughes, who's much further afield. How are you doing and where are you?
2: I'm very well, gents. Thank you. And I am also uh, sunny, but much further north, just in the outskirts of Glasgow on a very, very frosty but sunny morning, which sounds like a crap song, but um, that's
0: where we are. Right, let's start off with the topic today, which is audio branding. And I think we can assume that most people listening to this podcast today, it being a podcast all about sound, have a basic understanding of what we mean when we say audio branding. But just in case, let's get everyone on one page. Chris, can you give us a quick overview? If you were writing the Wikipedia entry for the term audio branding, what would it say?
1: Sure. Well, I think we're all used to seeing logos and typefaces and graphics from businesses and organisations. The audio branding is the, the audio version of that. So it might be a melody or a jingle. It could even be uh, the voices they use or the, or the way they make audio. But it is, it is the audio representation of that company.
0: It feels to me that there's been a bit of a shift in audio branding over the last five years or so. I remember reading many articles and listening to podcasts about audio branding where the general message tend to be you spend thousands of pounds on how you look. It can be logos. It can be business cards, but you never give any thought to how you sound as a company or a brand. The suggestion there, JP, I think, was that no one was taking that side of things seriously. No one took sound and audio seriously. Do you feel there's been a development there over the last five, ten years?
2: There has definitely, Jim, but it's still very early days. Those who get it, understand it and invest in it are already reaping the rewards of that. They've kind of stolen a bit of a march on their competitors, but I suppose it's not really surprising. You know, most brands, most businesses... Their product or or, or their services are something you can touch, you can feel, you can see, Mm. and that's always how they felt the brand had to be represented, you know, something visual. But in actual fact, there are so many different opportunities for them now and so many different platforms that finally, this drum we've been beating for a long time, people are starting to, to take notice of, that you need to take how you sound as seriously as how you look.
0: How much of that do you think is down to developments of technology? In the last few years, we've seen voice assistants become a thing. We've seen smart speakers really take off. Podcast growth has been through the roof. Are people just more aware of audio now being a cog in their marketing machine?
2: Yeah, um, certainly um, people like us and you guys um, are, are making them aware of that. But there's no two ways about it. That We interact with voice-activated devices so much more regularly. I think we've probably all got it, whether it's uh, kids of our own or nieces and nephews who think that every device you give them now, you can ask it to do what you want it to do and it'll go and do it. You know, I've got a couple of nieces and one of them in particular, the youngest of those, always looks bemused when she tells a television what she wants it to do and it doesn't uh, <laughs> instantly j- jump to the YouTube uh, clip that she's after. So there's no two ways about it that, that those daily habits have certainly opened up people's ears and eyes to the to the opportunities Audio Brandon presents.
0: So... Chris, why is this stuff important? Why is sound and audio something that big brands need to be thinking about?
1: Well, because it's part of the makeup of your image and it matters. Plus, people are listening to audio all the time, regardless of what they're doing. And audio cuts through in a way that visuals can't always. Get there. So, for example, if you're in the car, even if you're talking with someone and the radio volume is fairly low, but you hear the McDonald's da 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 da, da in the background, you instantly know it's McDonald's. And so this audio is, is always there. It's always happening. And plus also the other thing that, as JP says, companies have been late in catching up with audio is that comparatively, compared with, with video and stuff, audio is really affordable and and has fantastic cut through so it's it really is a win-win for companies to get it right.
0: Would you agree with that JP what Chris says about the potential of audio or is that kind of the message that you're giving your clients when they come in to talk to you? Yeah Jim
2: think about it this way man a reaction to audio is hardwired into our mind and our psyche before we're even born you know hearing is one of the first Senses to develop in the womb. So right from 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 this moment um, of inception, as us as human beings, we are learning to react and listen to the heartbeats of our mothers. And this, you know, the, the way that we use hearing is such an essential part of as, as human beings that it's it, it's almost like a shortcut into our subconscious. So that's the competitive advantage that it gives that Chris is talking about there. There are so many different advertising platforms and avenues bombarding the average consumer today. The audio and audio branding done well is like a shortcut into the back door of the mind. It correlates memory and feeling. It brings these whole things together and creates emotional reactions within us, whether we mean it or not. It's why we listen to music when we do things. It's why you realise sometimes that you know the words to a song. You didn't realise you knew the words to because of the way it washes over our subconscious. And if you think about how audio branding... Jim, you're a big West Ham fan. Walking into that stadium at any point, you know, and if you probably think back in some of your greatest memories and the emotions that they evoke, Instantly, the sound of that stadium will start to come back to you, what song was being sung, how it makes you feel. And when audio branding is done well, it presents all these opportunities to people.
0: Very rarely good memories in the particular <laughs> example you picked there, <laughs> J.P., but I take your point. <laughs> and there's some really interesting stats around how our brains process sound compared to image and videos, etc. There's been some really interesting studies as well. Do you think that potentially makes audio a more engaging medium than certainly something like print and definitely something like video as well
2: it's it's certainly more immediate you know the sound delivers instant recognition it's rooted to your brain about 20 to 100 times faster than sight so it gets there instantly you know you think about fire alarms or screaming babies or even you know to use another sporting example the 100 meter sprint there's a reason they start that with a bang and not a flash, because the mm-hmm. instant recognition is processed that sound by the brain 20 to 100 times faster. So it's, it's that, that's the difference between winning and losing and getting off that start line. Not everybody needs to understand how that actually operates. You just need to realise the opportunities it presents to you. And with so many visual mediums bombarding you all the time and we actively seek to avoid these things, as I said before, the, the, the audio part of that It's your way to steal a match on your competitor.
0: You've already mentioned one brand, Chris, who have a very strong audio brand in McDonald's and the the whistle, the da-da-da-da-da. Who else has done it well from an end-to-end point of view? Who do you look at in the marketplace and go, you have nailed your audio branding?
1: I thought I'd share a couple of really different examples with you for this. Uh, So I come from a jingles and radio imaging background, something that's always impressed me over the last 20, 25 years has been the BBC News music, which when you listen to it is basically just one beep repeating itself. And over the years, they've done so many amazing things with, with this sound. Now, when it was first introduced, David Lowe is the composer, a really talented guy. It was like a brand-new concept for news to sound like that. And you could just hear that in the background, whether you've got the, the TV on in a different room and it comes on, or you hear it on the radio, or on your, your flash briefing in the morning, wherever it might be, you instantly know that's BBC News from the, the way they've sculptured that audio and also how they've developed it over the years. And I think that's... A, a fantastic use of of audio branding. Uh, a more recent one is Netflix, which just goes dum-dum. And, you know, it's, it's one note twice, but you instantly know it's Netflix. Uh, they've done some really cool stuff with Hans Zimmer, actually turning it into different versions for an in-cinema experience and so on. But you just hear that, that logo and immediately you know it's Netflix. And one very different one is the advertising campaign that's been around for a few years now for WeBuyAnyCar.com. We
0: buy any car. We buy any car. We buy any, car. any, 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 any,
1: any. And when they first came on to the airwaves, they had, you might remember this, a ridiculously over-the-top rave song that just kept shouting yeah. WeBuyAnyCar.com yeah. at you. And it was it was like a a, a sledgehammer to the senses. And I, I guess somewhere on the line they did some research and realized their their target audience was slightly different, hence the introduction of Philip Schofield and his approach to it. But they they, they took this this sonic, this webyanycar.com and turned it into a completely differently presented idea, but still very much their sound, their their rhythm. <laughs> which I thought was a really, a really interesting way to change something while still keeping familiarity to it. And I thought that was a really, really clever way. And then, of course, McDonald's, like we mentioned, who used that da, 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 completely differently right across the world. But it's the same five notes in the same rhythm, just on a wide range of instruments and sounds and, and everything else. And I think they've uh, they've really invested in that and made it theirs.
0: Three really interesting examples you've picked there, Chris, and three very different emotions that each of those pieces of audio branding conjure up to me as well. So you talk about the We Buy Any Car, they went from kind of being cheap and cheerful to... Maybe trying to emphasise the trust element of what they do from their business with their audio brand. You've got the BBC who are all about trust and all about gravitas. How important is that when you're developing an audio brand in coming up with kind of the cornerstone of an identity, I guess, and then building around that? Or is it simply because these are brands I know and have a relationship with. So I've come to associate their audio branding with what I consider to be the core elements of their identity.
1: I think so much of it, as ever, is about target audience and who you're, who you're trying to talk to, and what message and what what brand values you're trying to communicate. Which doesn't just apply to audio; it you know, applies to everything that you're doing. But it's understanding who the consumer is and how they're going to be consuming it. So, like you know, with, with the BBC News, as you say, it's it's about authority and reassurance that you're gonna you're gonna get facts. You know, Netflix is a, is a relatively new audio. Um, audio sonic logo uh you know i've had Netflix what five years got it for house of cards and never switched it off since (laughs) um yes that's a a relatively recent one and the we buy any car one is really interesting because you know they they realized they had to change it but still kept the the rhythm of what it was so and anything you're doing when you're communicating it's about who you're communicating to and and how and why and and understanding as much about who's going to be Consuming that, and and what the what the goals are of the of the the branding and the, and the the campaigns in question.
0: What about you, JP? Who do you look at in the marketplace and go, I wish that was one of mine. All of my own. I'm not joking.
2: <laughs> um, I, I Half think, joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, the, the, some interesting examples, um, and Chris gave there, but one that I think a lot of people will, will be able to relate to is the the way the Bond franchise use use sonic branding from Shirley Bassey through to Billie Eilish with the most recent incarnation of it and, and they bring in different composers even though there's usually a big pop star who who, who creates and puts out the, uh, the, the kind of lead single the main theme tune for it they are given a brief and Bond fans and when you go to the cinema or you watch it at home whatever you're doing you inherently understand the minute you hear that four-note motif even the way it finishes on that diminished 7th chord and stuff like that as well that you are in that world, you are in that universe, you must suspend disbelief you need to start to be prepared, a guy can fly motorbikes over the top of buildings and you go along with it because you instantly understand you are being immersed in the Bond world and these are the rules A brilliant example of it and you think about that again as I mentioned from Shirley Bassett all the way through to Billy Eilish kind of evolved and developed and, and it's moved with the times and become more progressive but it still has those inherent core elements of that Bond DNA audio brand running through it. I think there's some other really great examples recently as well, the way that the Dubai... RTA system, you know, the, the, the traffic system there, recently underwent a massive overhaul with the Sonic brand, again, giving people reassurance and confidence whether you get into a taxi or on a ferry. You're with the official port authority when you're travelling. They've done it in Japanese subways, but I know I was joking earlier, but even a client of our own, Arnold Clark, is using the Sonic brand really, really well. Now, we worked with our partners at Massive Music to develop that or begin that project maybe about a year and a half to two years ago now. But when you're watching drama on four, I think it's a new series come up screws and they started with it's a sin on channel four or you're looking at their sponsorship of this morning or their radio advertising you will see a, a sonic brand executed in different ways for different platforms for different audiences as, as, as chris touched on there because for us there's, there's three key elements that, that make any sonic brand effective you need the concept you need the idea that emotion you talked about what are we getting across what are we communicating? You need to get the aesthetic of it right, that's the instrumentation, the melody, all those elements that actually what it sounds like, and then there's the flexibility of it. How adaptable is it? How many different platforms and different media platforms and different audiences can you take that and deliver it to? And I think across those examples, you know, whether it's Dubai or Japanese Subway, Arnold Clark and the ones that Chris mentioned, all do that really, really well. Yeah.
0: You've started talking about it there a little bit, but I'm interested to see how this works from a client point of view because I've never been in that situation. Someone comes to you, JP, and says, we need an audio brand. Mm-hmm. How does that start? What questions are you asking and how does that move forward into something that you would hear on a TV advert or on a app or wherever it might be? I
2: think there is still, uh, sadly, a lack of understanding and appreciation for what goes into making great sonic brands and even great music you know it, it's uh people that this is just kind of pulled out some because someone has has a musical background that they can all of a sudden start to move into sonic branding but it works in exactly the same way as visual branding does Jim we, we would recommend anybody doing a beginning that with a research and insight project where you look at and you understand who your audience are who you try to reach and what you try to communicate to them what are they looking for from you what do they see you at the moment? How do you want them to see you? And starting to get that understanding of where your place is in their life. From there, you start to look at what are the, 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 the brand values and promises of these businesses as well. What are they trying to communicate? What do they want to stand for? Are they doing that well? Does that come across in the visual representation of that brand? And then, and only then, once we've done all that background work, do we really start to move into territories where we think, OK, how could this sound? Because more often than not, and I'm sure Chris could testify to this, the first thing that a client will tell you is they want to sound like something that already exists. Because Mm. human nature leads us into thinking, you know, we are a herd species. We have this follow the pack mentality. And there's a safety in numbers, I suppose, (laughs) mistake that, that, that many brands and advertisers follow. They think, well, if they're doing it, that must be the right way to do it. But as we know, the thing that truly makes you stand out as a brand is distinctiveness. It's being different. And that's where that concept work starts to come in. So we will then start to work and develop what is the idea, what's the concept, what's the emotion? What makes your brand different and how do we communicate that through sound? And from that concept, we then start to work through the aesthetics of it. What instrumentation, what melody communicates that to people? And it's test. You know, you don't go away and all of a sudden bring this back to a client three or four months later. You work as partners, you come through it, you create sound and mood audio boards the same way you would in in, in creating a visual brand because, you know, what someone might describe as as uplifting to you or I might be completely different to Chris's definition of that. So it's about getting commonalities, getting language, getting everyone on the same page so that they understand exactly what these emotions are, how we're going to describe them and only from then do you start to test sonic territories and see how these things will correlate with the visual brand, because that's essential. There's a, a great study from Leicester University that shows that brands with music that fit their br- visual brand identity are 96% more likely to be recalled than those that don't. That's massive. That's mm. huge. Because all this is about is about recall and recognition. And when you marry those two elements of the way you look with the way you sound, again, as I've mentioned more than once, it is a huge competitive advantage over anybody in your category. So it's a much more scientific and collaborative process than probably a lot of clients think it may be.
0: Do you think you need to establish a better understanding of a brand's emotional identity when creating their audio brand than maybe with their visual? Because I'm thinking if I owned a burger shop, for example, or Jim's Burgers, I know from my logo, I probably want a burger with Jim written in the middle of it. That's quite a simple concept. But if I was coming up with an audio brand for that, that feels like a more in-depth, developed process. Or is that just because if you're doing either of those well, you need to understand that stuff rather than one maybe being more important than the other?
2: No, I, I think you need a, an inherent understanding of both. But I do absolutely 100% take your point on because you know, they, they want to visually communicate. That, you know, Jim, you want the name to be remembered. And you want the visual aesthetic of that burger because you want to very quickly get across what it is that you do. So if you're in the mood for a burger, that's the place you're going to go. But then that's where, you, as you quite rightly say, we need to get into the the, the much more deep rooted emotional connection that that makes. Because the mistake that most people would make there. So let's just say for talking, say you know it was flame grilled burgers you were doing. Everybody instantly starts to conjure images of deep south blues, Americana music, and riffing guitars, and little bits of slide, and all these things. But actually what you're doing there is creating an audio brand for the category of burgers, not Jim's burgers. So it's about inherently understanding much more personally what motivates Jim. Who is Jim? What is Jim listening? (laughs) And is Jim Jim's target customer? Because this is another mistake that's all too often made as well, is that Brands and businesses will will look at that Sonic brand identity and do I like it? Is it the kind of thing I would listen to? Well, it's not for you. It's for your target customers. Chris mentioned earlier on. And understanding who we are trying to reach and what's going to emotionally connect with them takes much, much, much more work and really digging way, way deeper with that client than they probably realise at the start.
0: JP talking about his process there, Chris, at DivaWeb. Would you say you went for a similar process with your clients when you're setting out on the road to developing an audio brand?
1: Yeah, and, and we, we do a lot with radio stations and their own branding and, and the jingles that sing the radio stations' names. And something we do as well with clients is is not just discuss where they are right now, but actually where they want to be in a year or two from now, because strong sonic identity should be around for a long time. And it, you know, it may evolve along the way, but you want the core of it to be to be similar. So it's it's not necessarily just about making it fit what the, the, the client's doing now, because what journey are they on? Where are they going? Where do they want to be in a couple of years' time? What's happening in the market? Who are they competing with? There's all this stuff going on. And we want to make sure that, that what we create is going to work for them on that journey and help them and be, and be you know, one of the tools that they've got to, to get them to, to where they're going. And... I always think the more also we can understand about the business, the the better, and that that doesn't happen quickly. It's not just you know filling in a form or quick chat. You know you you really need to get in deep to understand because because often the the business doesn't always know all this themselves until you start asking the questions. That exploratory journey with the client that really helps you understand what the purpose of this audio is and and how they're going to be using it i mean we we do all there's a lot of functional stuff as well that we do with radio about you know how it's going to be used you know which side of the ad break or how the new sequence works there's all that kind of technical stuff to make it sound great on air but also why are they tweaking their sound who are they competing with maybe in our case on on air but also you know against music streaming services or whatever else what can we do to ensure that they stand out and sound unique and 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 unique for the right reasons. So, it's a, it's a really it's a really deep thing, but you know what else? It's also really exciting and really fun and really enjoyable because when you nail it, it works so well. You know, there's nothing and I'm 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 sure it's the same for for JP. There's nothing more exciting than seeing a business succeed and knowing that you're a part of that journey. And, you know, as I say there's there's lots of ingredients to make a business succeed, but if if we can do our part and help them achieve what they want to achieve, whether that's a financial thing, whether it's um a uh, a mindset thing, whether you know if it's a charity that the work they're doing, whatever it might be, that is so rewarding. And and I, I you know it's funny you mentioned the um, uh, the one for Arnold Clark. I've been binge watching The West Wing recently, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm loving. It. It's been my lockdown series recently. And every time it starts, there's an Arnold Clark ID, and I noticed the change when the new music came on, and I sort of noticed that okay, this. This music is different. It's unique, but it's it's, it's still contemporary. It's not scaring me, and, and you know it, it ticks so many boxes. I, I hadn't realized it was um uh, one that you've been involved with, I, and I immediately noticed. And you could tell the the brand values were were bob on, and I'm I'm sure it wasn't an overnight thing. And hearing you say it, you know it started what a year and a half, two years ago. It it does take time to get these things right, but you get them right, and it will pay in, in dividends.
0: It's interesting you mention radio jingles there and sung ids and whatnot because i think there's potentially there's two different schools of thought here on audio branding and all the highlights for the most part that you both mentioned earlier in terms of the great examples of audio branding were all very clear kind of almost i don't know what the term would be but i'd say pure audio i guess it was a sound effect it was kind of a piece of music it was a chord progression that establishes a brand's identity. But I guess that's very different with a sung jingle, Chris. So what are the pros and cons of having something sung that repeats a brand name like Autoglass and their radio advert Autoglass Repair, Autoglass Replace versus something like the Netflix boom-boom?
1: It depends how it's being used. Um, You know, you can have campaigns that combine the two together as well. If you've got a a sung jingle, it might be that the melody can actually live as well without having to be sung because you don't always have time for a a sung Mm -hmm. jingle, particularly if you're running short commercials you may not have the space and there's nothing worse than talking all over the sung jingle so it depends on on the business and and what they're doing you know Jim's Burgers might do well from having a, a, a sung jingle possibly because that might also help in the short amount of time communicate whether we are getting the the gourmet burger that will beat all of the burgers or whether it is the 2am on the way home burger so it can be useful but it it depends very much on on the client And for a while Sung jingles Were sort of looked at As to be To be cheesy And, and not cool But that's because A lot of them at the time Were <laughs> cheesy and not cool mm-hmm. um, But there's there's nothing More powerful than a melody And uh, if, a, if, if a sung melody Assists then it can be It can be really good But equally If, if you do it wrong It can be really bad
2: To back you up there Because there's actually data that, that proves that as well uh, You know As a creative <laughs> And a musician As you quite rightly say You know all, all too often, uh, people have tried to avoid singing a brand name because it was seen as cheesy and crass, but that's because the people who are executing it weren't very good at what they were doing. But there's, there's a Veritonic audio logo index, which was published. Veritonic's a, a, a kind of audio uh, effectiveness research company based in the States, and have done a lot of work with them in the past, and they publish. At the end of each year, the audio logo index. Now, as an audio logo, what we're talking about, obviously, is the bum-bum or the ba 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 not the full Sonic brand, just that little bit that signs off more often than not in an ad. But uh, they published that again at the end of last year. And and, and, as you quite rightly say, melody and brand name are the two most effective elements in an audio logo for brand recall. In fact, it shows that audio logos that use the brand name score 29% higher on brand recall than those that don't, even though those that don't might sound a bit cooler. You then start to need mm-hmm. to get very clever with how you use that audio brand and where it goes. But here's a little uh, a little quiz, just to put you both on the spot then. Of the UK winners and their scores, fancy having a guess at what the top three audio logos uh, for brand recall in the UK were in 2021.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, I bet we've already mentioned one of them because I think yes. yeah, surely McDonald's. Is Absolutely, yeah.
2: McDonald's is in there. McDonald's is in there. Interestingly, Netflix doesn't even make it into the top ten. Um, wow, I know, interesting, isn't it? But uh, a brand that invested fortunes in how they sound, understandably, is Just Eat coming in at number two. So McDonald's mm. is one. Uh, Just Eat is number two, and then joint second with them was also Haribo, which we all remember. Mm. And yes. uh, yeah. interestingly, Intel. Is so this get, a development
0: want, then, JP? Is this Because you can't go straight in there as a brand new brand with a bit of sonic identity, which is just a couple of notes or whatever it is. I would have thought. I would have thought that's a really difficult journey to go on, to go, here's yes. our brand, here's how it sounds. So is it kind of like you might have a jingle which has that sonic brand as part of it, and as your years progress and as your brand identity strengthens, you kind of drop and just then you bring forth that music, that, that audio identity?
2: Yeah, it's the familiarity of it, and it's it's the consistency and the repetition of it, and how you know how how often can you put that in front of people that you can start to strip elements away that they'll still get it. If you, everybody's been talking about the, the the Beatles recently with the big get mm-hmm. back documentary series, you know, it's the repetition and the familiarity of those Beatles songs that mean that even when you hear the the a note feedback. At the start of one of the two, you kind of know exactly what Beatles tune is coming your way. But with McDonald's, they did exactly the same. You know, Pharrell Williams wrote it, they paid Justin Timberlake about $6 million, I think it was at the time, to record the I'm Loving It song. But then through that, they understood the watermarked elements of that sonic DNA and could eventually bring it back to you as ba 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 ba. And then they, they take it and they do these partnerships with Minions and all these other movies that they get associated with. So it's definitely about that familiarity because there's no way putting out you know three or four notes on a piano on a, a, a radio campaign for, for six months is going to all of a sudden build you an audio brand that people recognise.
1: But also the, the Just Eat example that you mentioned a moment ago is really interesting because, I mean, they've invested serious amounts in advertising, but they're a fairly new brand and fair, it's a fairly new identity. Uh, Obviously, you know, the last couple of years have been a, a useful time for food delivery companies, but it goes to show you don't need to have 50 years of heritage. If you do it right and you're willing to invest, it can happen pretty speedily.
0: Now, on this podcast, I often ask guests to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing and make some bold predictions about their sector of the industry and how it's going to change in the next five years. So, I'm going to do the same with you if that's okay. So what developments do you think we're going to see or what developments would you like to see over the next five, 10 years? I'll let you go first on this one, Chris.
1: Uh, okay, well, let me let me focus on on sort of radio and radio branding, because that's my main area of stuff. I think as we see uh, so many different ways to enjoy audio, and we're already seeing that with with podcasts uh, being such a big part of the market. I think radio brands are going to stop being just on the radio, but being in all sorts of different sectors. And I think that the the branding they have that will be heard across this will be really important for them. So we've seen it a bit in the past with some some radio brands having TV channels as an example, but I think we're going to see a, a whole lot more. And I think it's, it's in a way, it's going to be a bit of a marketing war. And part of that marketing war will be really strong branding, both visually and audio as well. So I think in the past we've made, in inverted commas, jingle packages for radio. I think we'll be making ident and imaging packages for radio and podcasts and visual and, and probably tying a lot more with visual branding and animated visual branding. And I think people will stop thinking about one type of audio delivery and will think about the the much bigger mix. Now there is so, so much out there. There's so many ways to consume audio. They've got to be everywhere and they've got to have strong branding to make that work.
0: Do you think that's an important part of brands' considerations for the future? I think particularly with gen z and the research that's gone in there with the amount of audio listening that these groups do they're listening while they're working and exercising and studying and free time be it music or podcasts or whatever and there's huge growth predicted in the value of audio advertising over the three years so considering how you sound in that environment considering the volume of audio that's going to be consumed is going to become even more significant
1: yeah i I do for a couple of reasons firstly because we don't have to put up with bad audio because there's there's always more things to listen to as well. So, uh, you know, it's not like when you're on a car journey 20 years ago and there's only a couple of radio stations you can get on your radio. You know, now, I can't listen to all the great audio I want to listen to. There's just not enough time. You know, my podcast list is growing, and my presets in my car are full of really cool stuff. And I just cannot get to it all. So consumers are going to be more and more picky as as they go along. Uh, but also with the with the advent of programmatic advertising as well, we can all be so much more niche in what we're doing, and, and businesses can be when they're advertising. So, you know, if, if Jim's Burgers is delivering to my area, you can buy some audio ads that will appear on my smart speaker but won't appear on JP's because you've yet to make it that far up the M6 with the burgers. So, you know, you can be really precise, and that means you can use your branding in a really efficient manner. And, th- and that, that means, you, you know, it's worth investing because you're not, you're not getting the wastage that you might have got with, uh, with media some years ago. So I think that's
0: really exciting as well. This is a great... Podcast to launch Jim's Burgers on, by the way. I'm really. To <laughs> going. Have we <you> just <laughs> done a
2: 45 minute advert for your, uh, for your side hustle here, Jim? <laughs>
1: yeah, JP, sorry. we need to send our, our consultancy invoices. <laughs>
0: <project>. <laughs> uh, how about you, JP, in terms of your bold predictions for the future of audio branding? Mm,
2: I think we will see it start to move into ever more interesting spaces. I don't know if, if you're aware or you saw the way that Radiohead launched. Kid Amnesia, as it were, where they teamed up with Epic Games for this uh, interactive experience on on, on sort PlayStation Five, PC, Max, where they basically kind of you know re-released these iconic albums of Kid a and Amnesia, along with a third new album, Kid Amnesia, and tied it all into a gaming platform where mm-hmm. you actually immerse yourself in this fully immersive world of Radiohead, and then you discover that there's you know original albums, there's secret recording sessions, there's artwork, there's all that stuff going on there. So I think at the very high end of audio branding and sonic branding, we will see these more forward thinking brands. I already know that brands like eBay and O2 have taken big step forwards in their audio brand and we'll start to see them embrace that in media platforms away from traditional advertising, which I know we've been talking about for years and years. But I think the world of gaming is particularly interesting and exciting for where you can do that but on a more day to day level maybe if you're coming away from brands and thinking more about you know local and regional businesses and where they can go i think that we will start to see um, over the next few years that those who truly appreciate and understand that you have to be genuinely distinctive you have to be consistent and you have to communicate one emotion very very well will still start to develop it doesn't even necessarily need to be audio branding as such Audio strategies no longer being a nice to have and these kind of reactive radio campaigns that they make, but they'll see it as a much more strategic approach, something much more long term and a necessity, and enabling them to cut through the tsunami of advertising that comes through visual mediums every single day for right. every single member of the public. So, I think that I think there's two very, very distinct lines that they'll start to follow there.
0: I think the gaming slash metaverse side of things is really interesting. Obviously, the metaverse is a very buzz term and technology right now. We mean the online universe that is terrifying to anyone who's the wrong side of 40 like me, but for the future generations (laughs) coming through will be their lives. We think of the visual gaming VR elements, but sometimes the audio side of that maybe gets left to one side a bit and how brands will fit into that world from an audio point of view, I think will be absolutely fascinating moving forwards. I'd like to finish off today's podcast with a piece of advice from you, Chris, and you, JP. If someone who's never before considered audio as part of their strategy before listening to this podcast wants one piece of advice to take away and consider, what would it be they need to think about? I'm going to come to you first on this one, JP.
2: I suppose if you want to remain relevant, whether you like it or not, the audio renaissance is underway. We have more and more audio-enabled devices in our hands and in our lives every single day. You need to realise the opportunities this is presenting to you and engage with professionals to do it properly. Spend time and money get involved in the research side of it. Once you do that and you understand that audience, where they are, where the spike space lives and what all your competitors are up to, then and only then do you embark upon the creation of that audio brand. And then from there, develop a rollout strategy. But if you don't, believe me, this could be your biggest missed opportunity.
0: Chris, what would your one nugget of wisdom be? That it takes time to get it right.
1: Uh, like anything creative, it's it's not an overnight process and it takes time. I think if you go through the process of... Of creating an audio brand, you'll probably discover a whole load of other things about your business or your objectives that could be really useful along the way. But this is something that shouldn't be, shouldn't be rushed because it's a creative process and it, it will pay off in dividends when you get it right.
0: Chris, JP, it's been fascinating to talk to you both today about audio branding. I will put links to relevant websites and social media accounts and whatnot in the podcast description. But if people want to find out more, Chris, where should they go? DivaWeb.co.uk
1: is our thing in Manchester. And if you want to get really geeky on radio jingles, tmstudios.com.
0: And JP, if people want to find out more about Mindfield and the work you do?
2: Yes, you can find us on any of the social media platforms or LinkedIn or go to our website, Mindfield Advertising or mindfieldcreative.com.
0: JP, Chris, thanks for your time on Sound Business. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's show. You can find all the links and contacts for Chris and JP in the podcast description if you want to continue the conversation with them. You'll also find a link to VoiceWorks' own website, which is a great place to head if you want help with your audio strategy, from audio branding to podcasts and everything in between. Get in touch, see what we can do for you. One final thing you'll be able to discover in that description is a video that shows off the Abu Dhabi transport system audio identity that JP mentioned in the podcast because I found that afterwards, thought it was really interesting to listen to, so I thought I'd share it in the podcast description, something else for you to go and explore. That's it for this podcast. Please hit follow wherever you're listening. There's plenty more to come in this series and some really interesting topics in the pipeline. But if there's something you'd like to hear me discuss on the Sound Business podcast or a guest you'd like me to get on, then feel free to make your suggestions. You can do so via the VoiceWorks Twitter account, VoiceWorks AI. So get your suggestions in. And I'll see you next time for another sound business.